time for the Susan Taylor Podcast, where we discuss the yoga of mind, medicine, and healing. Author of Feeling Good Matters, Sexual Radiance, and the Vital Energy Program, Dr. Taylor imparts authentic knowledge and practical tools that inspire, educate, and empower us to be a healing force for positive change. So join us and take your life and our planet to the next level. Hello and welcome to episode 102, Is Meditation Right for You? This week's episode is inspired by some of our listeners out there, and I thought to incorporate it into the podcast. This week, I received an email asking how to approach meditation. And sometimes, you know, it is of concern since there are so many different traditions out there and some legitimate and not so very legitimate practices. In today's episode, I'd like to talk about why meditation may be beneficial, what is meditation exactly, and how to approach and practice it. I also hope to give you some practical insights into the practice of meditation, because meditation is something that's becoming really popular today, but very few people have a good understanding of what it actually is. What does science tell us? As you know, I always like to speak about science and practice, but what does science actually tell us? Well, neuroscientists say that the brain can change, and these changes are measurable. And our thought processes produce physical changes in the brain, and that's called neuroplasticity. You heard me talk about that, and that's the ability of our brain to change. You know, unlike where it used to be believed that the brain doesn't change at all. And we can actually create new wiring and rewire our brain in about six weeks or so. And remember, I always say a new habit takes 40 days. So that's a 42 days. So between 40 and 42 days, we could actually create new rewiring in our brain. So why meditation? Well, if we focus on the last statement that our thought processes produce physical changes in the brain, Well, wouldn't that say why we need meditation to stay happy and healthy with less fear, worry, and anxiety? So if this is the case, why do we lose sight of it? Why do we lose sight when we start a practice or we feel it's too difficult? What causes us to walk away from actually learning this skill? Or if we are doing the skill, we just don't get it and we walk away. Well, we have to look at the intention we have to set our intention and that'll keep you on or off the path depending on what your intention is. Intention is the first thing to really understand about meditation. Your intention for beginning the meditation practice is really what will either keep you on this path or not. So think about it. What is your intention to even think about incorporating incorporating a practice of meditation into your life? I like to say, in the other way around. How do we really bring your life into meditation? What's your intention for that? You know, people quite often approach me and say, you know, Dr. Taylor, I lead an extremely chaotic life. Do you think if I started meditating in the morning, you know, for three to five minutes, will that help me in my life? And I explained to them that meditation is not just some special dessert that we use in place of a chaotic lifestyle. Just as you wouldn't eat one good meal per week and expect results if you're trying to lose weight, overcome anxiety, have more energy and less fatigue. 
you know, we have a style of diet that we put people on where they have to follow it for several weeks. They start feeling good about three days in, but it's not just one meal. It's a whole dietary change. So you really need to think about this and create a life that supports what your intention is. And here I'm saying it is not a five minute meditation practice, but a lifestyle that supports a clear, calm and focused mind. Otherwise, without that intention, the practice of meditation is so difficult to maintain. Meditation does require skill or knowledge, precision and a systematic approach, as well as practice. So in order to really develop an intention, it's really important that you have the skill and the knowledge of what it really is, and then precision of the practice with a systematic approach. You know, I always say systematic approach when you're getting ready for work in the morning or even to go out for a walk or something else. Do you put your jacket on without putting on your pants, your shirt, brushing your teeth, washing your face? Do you have a systematic approach? You don't get dressed and then take a shower. You have an approach. You take a shower and then get dressed. So we have an approach in how we deal our deal with our daily life. Meditation is the same way. We have to work from the outer aspect of the mind with our journey going inward in a peaceful way. And that's what meditation is all about. So what is meditation? Meditation is about getting in touch with our soul. It's not about stress management, running away from everything. It's actually getting in touch with your deepest self, not getting away from it all. It's getting in touch with your soul and spirit. The entry to our soul and spirit is actually the space between our thoughts. As you listen, you turn your attention to the one who's doing the listening. So even if we have distraction and things going on, who's doing the listening? Who's observing the mind chattering? That's your soul. You can go into this experience anytime once you're trained. Anytime you want, you can drop right into that space. Anytime you're observing something, turn to who is doing the observing. There's a question that um, a great yogi once said, who am I? That's your soul. Your soul is the observer and your mind is the process of observation and your body and the rest of the world, all the things and the happenings and the thoughts, etc., that are coming up are the objects of observation. So your soul is the observer your mind is the process of observation and your body and the rest of the world around you is the object of observation. With meditation, we go beyond the object of observation, beyond the process onto the observer, and then even beyond that. The process and the object of observation come and go. The observer is constant. It's actually eternal. And it's eternal because it's not in our space and time paradigm. That's where our mind, our mind dwells. So we're even beyond space and time. So when we enter into that gap between our thoughts, we go beyond our mind and begin meditating. In an applied application or an application that I use when I'm working with, you know, a governmental group or uh, medical providers, I'll say that meditation is a training for the mind. It trains the mind. Once the lifestyle is set in place, and I always emphasize lifestyle, Meditation is about working with that energy field that travels from the top of your head through your spine and back up. 
so we go back up and down on the spine. You do this by focusing your awareness. Let's talk about mind for a minute. The mind is an instrument. Remember, it's that processing. It's the process. So it's an instrument for us to use. And I said that it's the process of observation. And when trained, it's superb. However, when it's not trained, we all know it leads to misery and destructive tendencies. How many of us really take the time to train and tune up our minds? I can say that most people don't. We run out of the house in the morning or we just go do things without really tuning this fine instrument. So we could think of training our mind by starting with our awareness, as I just mentioned. When we train the energy of our mind, we do that by collecting, containing, and concentrating that energy. Then we've achieved something. Because really, the energy of the mind, you've heard me say this before, is the essence of life. And there are training seminars that we do online and in live events where we learn to collect, contain, and concentrate our energy. So let's think of awareness as a ball of light that can illuminate anything. Then think of the mind as that energy field of thought. Thoughts are really what make up the mind. These thoughts generated from the feelings are endless. So they're constantly a part of this vast space called mind. And you really can't stop thoughts for that matter, but you can choose where to place your awareness. Your choice of where you place your awareness will dictate the crystallization of your body because the body is a representation of what goes on in the mind. Remember when I said that with neuroscientists mentioning that what we think crystallizes in the body. It's with this concept that the energy of the mind is the essence of life and that sets the stage for meditation training. So let's just switch a little bit. Why can't we focus our energy? What gets in the way? Well, it's been my observation that today most people can't focus and this belief, I believe, is for one of two reasons. One is that we're never taught how to focus and the second is we don't practice. So skill and focus. And what's the solution? How do we do it? Well, first, as we always say, remain calm. You need to be aware in the moment rather than reactive. Once we're aware, we could start seeing how distracted or not distracted the mind field or our awareness is. Don't multitask. That's a solution. Multitasking spins the mind out of orbit and we become depleted and dissatisfied with how we operate. Not to mention, we're not relaxed when we multitask. Third, learn the skill of focus by setting one goal or task, finishing it, and then evaluating how you feel. You know, a Harvard study I had mentioned in the past showed that mind wandering versus focus produces, focus produces happiness where mind wandering doesn't. I was just uh, recently with a, a healthcare practitioner, traditional Chinese medicine, a very profound healer, and he said, a focused mind is a pure mind. And I thought about it and contemplated for a moment. That purity that we're talking about is a mind that's not filled with unwanted thoughts and feelings. So a focused mind is a pure mind. And fourth, create an intention to train your mind. Here I'm referring to meditation but you must provide a simple, systematic path with a clearly defined intention to practice every day. And the key words here are simple and systematic with intention. So we first remain calm. We don't multitask. We learn the skill of focus by setting one goal on a task 
and then we create the intention to train our mind. Because really, you wouldn't expect to learn to play the piano without practice, right? I mean, if you play by ear and don't read music, you still need to practice. And with consistency and practice, we do get results, especially with meditation, because meditation's the same. You need to practice it every day with consistency. I tell people it's better to do one minute per day than 20 minutes a few days per week. Meditation needs to be tended to as a fire needs to be tended to or our will will go out. So today I'll share with you the five systematic steps of establishing a meditation practice. Remember, the first is the seat. How we sit, breathe, relax, refine our awareness and move into meditation itself makes a difference. And the seat is the first step. It sets the foundation for your mind to go inward. A firm and steady seat creates a firm and steady mind. The second is the breath. Breath is definitely the link between the mind and body. And I mentioned the energy of the mind is the essence of life. So the energy of the mind is maintained with breath. Then we have relaxation as the third step. And that serves as the door to meditation since the mind, body, and emotions must be relaxed before entering a focused state. The fourth is breath awareness. And that's utilized to deepen relaxation and bring the mind further inward. And the last step is focus. And what that does is it intensifies, it concentrates the light of awareness to take you beyond your mind into the space between your thoughts. In order to sustain this practice, you need to know why you're doing it. As I mentioned, the intention, you must be convinced that you want to practice because it really isn't that easy, especially in an outwardly driven culture. And after a few weeks or months, there will be a drop off tendency if it's not in a systematic way. You know, if you eat a healthy meal one day, as I mentioned, it's not enough to create a healthy body. You must eat healthy most of the time, if not all the time, actually. And meditation is the same. It must be part of you and part of your life. And what you need to do to get started is to find a space that is your meditation space, not a place that other things are happening, just meditation. Select a specific time of day you want to practice. Create a ritual and have an appointment with yourself daily. Having an appointment with yourself is having an appointment with your energy. It's like having a meeting with your energy. You know, having a meeting, you need a location, a time, a designated space within your home or in your office. So meditation is the same way. And create a daily habit to sit down and gather your energy with a five-step practice. Sit for one minute per day and increase incrementally one minute at a time. And that will really help. And as I always say, do your research. And that brings us to the end of this episode. If you'd like to be notified weekly for new podcasts, please subscribe. The Susan Taylor Podcast is available on YouTube, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Also on SusanTaylor.org, where you can click on the podcast to subscribe. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, please contact us at SusanTaylor.org. And again, I'd like to say thank you for listening. The Susan Taylor Podcast does come out every week. And I always like to see the questions and the comments. And thanks to that, we had the topic for this week. So let me know. And until next time, remain calm, consciously aware, living in the moment.